Listen to Mr. David Wilcox. We'll be right back with Madeline Osborne. To glorify what's stronger than hate, would they not arrange the stage to look as if the hero came too late, as if he's almost in defeat? So it's looking like the evil side will win. So on the edge of every seat, from the moment that the whole thing begins. It has been love that mixed the mortar. It was love that stacked these stones. It was love that made the stage here and made it feel like we're alone within some scene set in shadow. Like the night is here to stay. Well, there is evil cast around us, but it's love that wrote. This place, so that in this darkness, love can show the way. And where else? But American singer-songwriter David Wilcox joining us uh, momentarily. I'm quite looking forward to this interview. He is an absolutely brilliant songwriter, as you've been listening, Madeline. Yeah, I was listening so closely. I feel like I could doze off. Yeah, well, that's what happens during my show a lot of the times. <laughs> Um, Madeline, just let me, uh, at the risk of embarrassing you, bring people up to speed as to who you are and why you matter. You're my friend. Thanks. That's all I have to say. That's it. That's it. You've also done some work in Hollywood, being the big celeb that you used to be. Do you miss any of that stuff? Do you miss any of it? Any of it? Come on. Celeb. Stalkers. All that stuff. What? No, I never. I don't think I ever had a stalker. Except the one I gave you. No, I had. No, I don't think I've ever had a stalker. I've had some cranky people be mad at me because I didn't respond right away. But <clears throat> didn't have that happens today. Do I miss it? Mm, yeah. You know when I really miss it is when I'm watching a movie with my kids. Yeah. Um, or watching a movie with my husband, like I did yesterday, and somebody that I worked with. Somebody who was just starting out in the business is now a major executive producer of many films. And I pointed the screen, and I used to, and I used to, and I used to, and I used to. Does that drive your kids nuts? I was at a party, and I was at a theater, and that guy asked me out, and I'm just going on and on. Oh, man. Yeah, so that's when I, you know. Chevy Chase. Great, Chevy Chase, yeah. I miss Chevy Chase. Joe Pesci. Yeah, Joe Pesci, yeah. My cousin Vinny. I can watch it over and over and (laughs) over and over again. And who else do you work with? John Travolta. Yes. Yeah, John's going through a tough time. Oh, it's awful, awful. Tough time. Uh, If you haven't heard in the news, uh, their son, Jet, I think is his name, Jet Travolta, passed away as a result of a seizure, apparently, and uh, private family service at their home in Ocala, Florida. Um, Gut-wrenching. Just, I mean, I, I have a friend from Teen Ranch who died last year, a young guy in his early 20s, Mike Thwaites, and his mom went to work, came home, and he was on the couch, dead, um, seizure. Oh, yeah, gosh. horrible, horrible. 
and of course all the stuff that's out there in the news these days about whether they did the right thing by him because of what Scientology teaches about pharmaceuticals and and when it, it comes to uh, uh, mental and emotional. Remember Tom Cruise going off yeah, on Brooke Shields about all that? Isn't that awful? I think that's absolutely awful. It is awful, awful. that people would speculate and, and, and uh, I guess, stick their nose into it. Um, but, but hold on. Let's just say for, if it was anybody else, let's say if it was the, the polygamous cult in bountiful British Columbia, and they refused to do a blood transfusion to a six-year-old girl or some Jehovah's Witness, or you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. And the child dies. Yeah, we'd be tempted to, to, to want to fixate on that. Right. But it's still a, a, a person losing their child. Yeah, yeah. And because I know knew him, yeah, I think I just, oh, I don't want to hear that. No. I don't want to hear that. No, and we should, I mean, these sorts of stories, we should not fixate on what the media wants us to fixate on. We should fixate on the heartbreak behind it. And uh, we should be sending out a bazillion prayers. The the Christians who hear these this this kind of dreadful stories should should be broken. So yeah, we should we should be know, praying for the Travoltas. It caused me to think. <clears throat> it caused me to think the other day. I mean, John's alive, thank God, but he lost his son. So it's it's you know almost the same thing. I was thinking it's about worse. yeah. I was thinking about the people I've worked with who are dead. Who? Well, Brad Davis. How do I know um, him? He was Midnight Express. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. I worked with him on, oddly enough, the original Valkyrie, wow. The Plot to Kill Hitler. Right. Funny little TV uh, movie. Uh, and he was dead a year later from AIDS. And then John Ritter. Oh, yeah. What did you work with John on? Um, you know, I worked with John on a TV movie about corrupt TV evangelism. That's before You're I even You're kidding. Knew, before I even ever knew what an evangelist was, back in 1980. And what was it called? I can't even remember what it was called. But it was a movie about it. And Ned Beatty was in it. He played the evangelist. Right. Anyway, and we just remained friends. He was just so fantastically, you know, sweet. And we remained friends for many years. He wanted to work again a couple of times. It just didn't work out. That so, was a sad death. Yeah. John Ritter's death. Yeah. That was, I mean, for people who, I mean, you know, some celebrities you go, well, like uh, Heath Ledger, too young to die, yeah. right? That was sad for people. Yeah. Those are people who were like Charlton Heston. I mean, it was a sad death because of the legend he was, but it was time for him to, to pass, yeah. right? But John Ritter just had that that spark, didn't he? Yeah, he was super sweet, too. Yeah, I mean, just really, really sweet. And who else? Christopher Reeve. All right. I mean, and Christopher Reeve was also was a, a friend. John Ritter and Christopher Reeve were actually my friends. Right. And um, Did you work with him in the Sidney Sheldon stuff? No, that was, um, um, I worked with him on a Turner movie called um, The Rose and the Jackal okay. about a Confederate spy. And, uh, yeah, he was a great guy, a great guy. Yeah. And um, He's kind of like Bill Clinton. He did more when he stopped doing his job for the world than when he was doing his job. He made more of an impact on oh, the world yeah, for sure. after the accident. Yeah. Similar to Clinton having done more for the world after he was president. Yeah. And I th he was a really substantial person, too. So I, I agree with that. Um, you're, a, you're a voracious reader. You are. Yeah. Aren't you? Yeah, I'm also a very... Um, What's the word? My attention span is getting shorter and shorter. Because you're hanging my, around me. My, yeah, my <laughs> stacks of books are getting taller and taller and taller, and they're right next to my bed. My husband can attest to this, and they're like they're like those um, pivotal skyscraper things that they're showing on the internet these days. Um, 
one book's going this way, one book's going that way, and I, I read them and read them, and I go on to another one and go on to another one and go on to another one. <laughs> so they're just, and I intend to finish all of them. Good for you. Well, uh, name me two books that have rocked your world in the last year. Um, Chasing Francis. I love Chasing Francis. Yeah. And then, yeah, The 20-Piece Shuffle, I just read this week, Greg Paul's Greg Paul's book. book. Yeah. Starring? You. Thank you very much. Yeah. There's a chapter in me in there. Well, not really. It was that, remember, the five churches experiment we did where yeah, we but hired uh, Sabrina the Pagan and Taylor the Agnostic yeah. to go to different churches. Um, and Chasing Francis, written by, I just forgot his name. Um, Ian Cron. Ian Cron, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Ian Morgan Cron, who's Kathy Lee's pastor uh, down in Greenwich. Um, so that really did, did your head in, did it? Chasing Francis? Yeah. Yeah, I grew up Catholic. Oh, it would have, yeah, that's And right. so it's an awesome, um, awesome sort of return to that... Um, just uh, what was he what was he just i don't know all the mysticism and the being comfortable with mystery and mm. you know St. Francis of Assisi and just the you know probably the best combination of worshiping God and serving the universe that he made is probably is what he brought out in that book of mm. St. Francis of Assisi and and um just that kind of i don't know if departure is the right word but departure from the evangelical certainty, confidence, I'm going to tell you this, to going into a cave and just waiting for God to whisper. You know? I mean, that's what he brought out in that book. And it, it reminded me of the, the great stuff that's in my Catholic upbringing, um, which I, I actually still really, really respond to. You know, being in a, a cathedral with incredible works of art and just looking up, looking up, looking up, looking up. And uh, figuratively, the holiness, the, all the things that, all the good things that the history of Catholicism has tried to evoke, as far as holiness goes, and I'm really, really, really craving that, trying to rediscover where that is, because, you know, our tradition uh, or the evangelical community that I've been a part of for the last 20, 25 years. Mm. You know, they were working really, really hard to get rid of graven images and smells and... Smells? And, well, you know, incense and, and all that stuff. Uh, trying so hard to um, widen that gulf mm. between Protestantism and Catholicism that they've, you know... Gone too far, maybe? Well, I, I think, um, yeah, keeping out a lot of beautiful, beautiful things about man and God in, in the Catholic Church, which is, of course, the only organized church for, what, 1,500 years, so it's not like there's some alien, bizarre organization. I mean, that was the church, and it got corrupted just like every human being gets corrupted when it gets too much attention, you know, from the wrong angles. Sure. But, yeah, it just made me, it, it, it brought um, to words what I think is really happening in little me, which is, I was raised Catholic. There, that's where I learned about Jesus. There are a lot of beautiful things in that tradition that I don't have to walk away from. I just don't. They're about God, you know, and the beauty of Christ. So, yeah, I love that book because I'm both. I am both. A little vulnerability, if you can. Uh, lessons learned in the last six months, maybe a year. Oh. Because you've gone through it. You've had some tough health stuff. Yeah. Um, this has been probably the most disturbing and the most vital year of my life. I don't know if that's being too dramatic. but You, dramatic. Oh. 
How about V for voracious? I like <laughs> okay. that better. I like that better. <laughs> um, yeah, health stuff, um, uh, my family, my little family, you know, coming to the coming to the realization that I'm the hope my kids aren't listening. The biggest disturber in my family. That's You're the biggest disturber? Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Absolutely. And that, that so is does that mean you're 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 learning to lighten up as a mom? Is that what you mean? Does it mean that you've Well it does, although I can never understand it in those terms. But but yeah, that's the sort of slang way of Right. It's what I'm learning, but I'm I'm having a really hard time doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can learn something and go yes to something and hour by hour not be able to to do it. Yeah. So, uh, that being said, yeah, I think after 25 28 years of being a Christian, participating in Christianity, this year has taught me that I really have I really been following Jesus for one thing. I don't know if I have. I love Jesus. I'm a, you know, a confirmed believer. I I believe that as much as I believe just about anything. But have I really been following Jesus? And where that has become the most apparent is it is in my own family, in my own role as a wife and a mother, and thinking I was doing such a swell job. And having, if you haven't been having to look at it. If you haven't been following Jesus, what have you been what have you been following? What have you been doing? Well, you know, Jesus said, "Die to yourself." Haven't been doing that. Jesus said, um, "Sell all your possessions and give to the poor." I had a big garage sale this year. I started, you know, I, I, I said, you know what, I'm going to practice this in the smallest, most humble yeah, way that I can. Sure. I'm going to start to sell. Spirit of the law Just versus letter of the law. sell it off. Just sell it off. I've always given a lot of money, but that's because I had some money. Hmm. That's not a sacrifice. Yeah, I haven't sacrificed. What have I sacrificed? I mean, I've walked away from a few things, deleted a few things that were pleasurable and all that. But that's not really sacrifice. I left myself with a lot, you know? So, so where, yeah. do you, where do you think God's been in all this? Like, uh, obviously, he's been around. He's, but how, how has he actively participated in this bizarre year you've had? He's been everywhere. And, and, and all that I've had to do is, is be willing to look and go, oh, my gosh, God is in this. Or, or this, is, this is not happening because of God, but he's allowing this to happen. He's allowing me to stay here. Until I learn what relying on Christ is really, really all about. And I don't know if you learn what that's really, really all about until some really, really deep things or deep confidences or deep strengths get either taken away from you or erode or whatever. And then you find out, I was really leaning on that thing. I am leaning on that stuff. What's been taken away? Um, that you can share. Confidence in my the way I'm parenting. Okay. Not taken away, but revealed for possibly the, the the incredibly controlling thing that it's been. Okay. Again, I hope my kids aren't listening. But you know what? I've apologized. Why? I've why? apologized for all this. Yeah. Time. Well, you, there you go. The very the very fact that I just said that. Exactly. I'm still not letting go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Absolutely right. So can. So I'm blowing it on the air. That's good. That's good. Um, Must have been a learning experience being at the Marshall Cottage yeah. this summer for them. Oh yeah. It was a high, <laughs> oh, I have to tell you. I have to tell you. The other day, my sister-in-law, who wasn't even in the room, she was in the Caribbean somewhere, um, wrote us some instructions that we had to sit around before we opened her. The kids opened their little gifts. Um, we had to. We had to talk about the highlights of the year. 
And uh, your cottage came up twice. Yes. First of all, with Abigail, who said that being whipped around in that vehicle that you have on water, whatever that was, <laughs> was the highlight of her year. Good. And, of course, it was one of the scariest moments of yes. my year. Yes. Like, what are you doing to my kids, please? <laughs> Um, but then I, I had to admit, going to your cottage and being with you and Bev, it was one of the highlights of the year. It really was. Aww, but anyway, that's not, that's not what we were talking about. No, keep talking about me. Um, I have, I have um, I'm, pr- again, probably overstating it, but I've lost my singing voice. Hmm. There's some sort of constrictor going on having to do with my, some of my that's health issues. That's huge for you. It's massive. It's massive. Massive. That's all I can say. I mean, I can still, I've gone from being a soloist to being a background singer, and that's if uh, the, the adrenaline's going. Yeah. So, yeah, that's really hard. That's really hard. I've, I've had that thing going for as long as I can remember, since the six-year-old or whatever. Why hasn't God healed you? I think... Um, and and uh, let me again, for our listeners, make, to make sure it's not just you and me talking here, which it is, but uh, Madeline has gone through some some tough uh, health issues over the last uh, little while, and lots of people have been praying for her. You've prayed yeah. for yourself. and why, why hasn't God healed you? Well, I don't mean this to be a churchy thing, but I think I'm, I'm really, really understanding this, so that's why I'm going to put it this way. Okay. I think he is healing me by some of these things going by the wayside. Because you have to wake up. Hmm. You have to wake up. That you cannot do anything without him. Anything that's good, anything that's truly good or eternal, you cannot do without him. And I'm starting to see that for what it is. Because I've been, you know, I've had, uh, I've had a great life. I have a lot of gifts. I've had amazing, amazing affirmation from people, attention from people. I have an incredible husband, beautiful kids. I I just had it all. And yet, I think a lot of that has blinded me from what really relying on Christ is. And, and of course, that's why he says the poor. I reveal myself to the poor. Because they know they have nothing. They know they have nothing. We, We learn through the scriptures that we have nothing without him. But we don't live like that. I mean, a lot of us don't live like that. We have everything. A lot of us. We have everything. In North America, you know, if, apparently if you can pay your rent this month or you know you can pay your bills all year, as Greg Paul says so eloquently in his book, you are among the richest people in the universe. And I'm way above that. So, ugh, and yikes. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, I'm really disturbed by myself. So I guess that's healing. It's not the kind I had in mind, but it's... You'd be in trouble if you were on a television show that I know a little bit right now because you're not you're not very positive. No, I'm not. Until I can gather my attention and my concentration or listen to my friend or my husband say to me or, or look, really pay enough attention to look in the scripture and go, Jesus is coming again. That is awesome. Well, that's where and I hope I really want him to come. Yeah. I really, really, really want him to come. I'm not in that place anymore where I'm really enjoying life. Yeah, I want Jesus to come. That's going to be awesome. Right. I really enjoy my life. I still have amazing things in my life, but I really want him to come. People need to get rescued. Most of the people on this earth need to get, they need to get what they've got coming to them, which is joy, peace, life with the Lord. They need that because they don't have it right now. They may have peace with the Lord because that's an incredible miracle that people does and slaughtered, tortured, and poor people, but they don't have what we love. And they've, some of them have never had it. So I want Jesus to come. 
And I'm a little bit sick of my own deal, too. I, I would like to be with him and know what real holiness is. You know, that, that's what I would like. I said that to my little daughter the other day, and she was like, Mom, you mean you don't want me to get married? You don't want me to have this and that? <laughs> Wasn't that great? Because yeah. that's so true. Yeah. I, I had a hard time back- backpedaling on that one. Yeah. But we're supposed to uh, wrestle in that strange juxtaposition. Yeah. We're supposed to be in that tension. Yeah, and that, I'm really tense. Yeah. Well, that tense. No, I'm really to... tense. <laughs> Uh, I I say that with a smile on my face, but it's no, true, too. Yeah. I uh, love it when you co-host the show. Thank you for coming back. I appreciate your insights. Uh, you and I have had great conversations over the phone and in person. And um, and I'm, I'm sorry for the ick right now. But as I've been known to say, um, yeah, if we look at it all, this life of following Christ, the one thing we can boil it down to is he has not quit on us. Yeah, and, and I'm not really sorry for the ick. I mean, and you're I, not sorry for the ick? There, well, no, there are a lot, of, a lot of times during the day where I am stuck in self-pity, irritation, sure. wanting my own way, all that stuff. Yeah. And that's a great part of my day, and I'm, I'm really sick of that. That's where I'm really <laughs> disturbed with myself. But, <clears throat> but I'm really not sorry for the ick because, again, when I can pay attention long enough, yeah. I know the ick is taking me to what's real about me and what's real about sure. him. And so God, that's good. And the God's promise for the Jesus people is, look, uh, I didn't say you're going to be in a protective little bu- bubble. But uh, for for those of you who have said, you know what, uh, Jesus, I know who you are, I know what you are, and I want to follow you. For those people, I promise to take the yuck, not protect you from it, but take the yuck and turn it into good. Eventually, it'll get turned into good. Yeah. And I did ask him to change my life. Yeah, nice one. I really one. asked him to change my life. Be careful with those prayers. Eh? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Madeline. So I'm glad he's doing it, and, and I'm still here, so. Good. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for, I love the vulnerability. Thank you very much. Thank yes, you. you're welcome. Well, let's uh, go to another short break on the show.